All right, man. You ready, dog? I'm ready, dog. Let's talk about this situation. Before we do, we're going to give you a little bit of a sound bite of what took place with the truth, Paul Pierce. Look at this. So Paul Pierce found Yo. himself in a little bit of hot water. Yo. What you think about that, man? Yo, man, to every every black man in America, man, listen to me very clearly. There's nothing wrong having fun, you know? There's nothing wrong having money, having fun. But, you know, when you're on major networks, man, you, you just can't do that. You You, you can't do that, man. You know, you got the butt-naked booty joints <laughs> they on were, Instagram. They weren't entirely butt-naked, though. But they, but you got the ass all on the gram, yo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you want to talk about basketball. Right, right, right. You know, you got a lot of you got a lot of baskets <laughs> up in that goddamn room with all that ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, good gracious, yo, Paul Pierce. Yo, they was trolling Paul Pierce, right? They were like, um... Paul Pierce. He was ready to risk it all for 35 Live people, there's 35 people on this live feed in total. Hey, yo, yo. Hey, how do you have 30 people live? Yo, Paul, come on, man. But I'm gonna say this though I mean, obviously, um, you work for you know Disney, you know, ESPN, and I mean, they, they're not gonna be. You know they're not gonna prove that type of behavior. It's inappropriate because you have to. You're representing the brand and stuff like that. But he technically did not commit any crime. I mean, he didn't commit any crime, but damn. I mean, he living his life. He he, he definitely he didn't commit a crime, but if he did, he definitely indicted himself. He indicted himself with his very wife. That's what he indicted himself with. But this is the thing we have to understand. Paul Pierce is a former athlete. The lifestyle is different. Yeah, he's, he's what we consider today in today's society a high-value man. So with a high-value man, women are pretty susceptible to dealing with dealing with a high-value man. They pretty much know what they do. They don't care. They let the man be the man, and that's that's what it is. Period. It's just that simple. Paul Pierce, I'm trying to get on your level. <laughs> you want to be like Paul Pierce when you grow up? Yeah, I want to be like Paul Pierce. I want to be worth seventy million. And I don't remember, he's made over two hundred million for his career. Yeah, he, a little over two hundred twenty million dollars. I, I don't think Paul Pierce is worrying about any money. That's true. I mean, he has a net worth of seventy million. He has put in collateral to go broke with. That's true. I, I don't. <laughs> so you know that um, there is a um, a porn uh, business that wants to sponsor him. I think they want to um sign him up and give him his own show. Hey, when one door closes, <laughs> another one opens. Another one opens. 
They want to give him a deal. Yo, no, you can do whatever you want. And you can talk about basketball. You can have however many shorties dancing or whatever, stripping. So you can have the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, chill out, man. Yo, chill out, man. <laughs> chill out, yo. Go back and get the best of both worlds. <laughs> chill out, bro. Hey, yo. You funny dude. <laughs> Even Shaq was cracking up. He was like, yo, when he brought up Paul Pierce, he was dying on TNT. Yo, the joint was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, yo, my man ready to risk it all. He don't even care. And yo, he was so unbothered. He was like, yo. Alright, so we back. Um, <laughs> we about to finish up talking about Paul Pierce. So needless to say, uh, ESPN immediately released him. And um, he doesn't seem bothered. Um, I like to intervene on that. I don't think he should be. I mean, he can live off the interest, the interest of what he earned in the NBA and live a very good life. So, I mean, you know, I think Paul Pierce kind of was like a guest on ESPN and then he became regular. Then right, he, yeah, he because uh, he started he started doing um, <clears throat> some shows on on the jump, which is the NBA show, and he he became like more of a regular. But I mean, that was really the only show that he was on. I think he was on NBA uh, uh, Countdown, but that was pretty much it. Outside of that, like he was on the jump here and there. I think he was. I think he was already doomed. Like this is why. I don't think he recovered. When Benzino traumatized his life, I don't think he recovered. I think those stab marks in the head fucked his brain up because I knew something was wrong with his brother when he said he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. I said, "Yo, Paul, sit your ass down. You took too many stabs, too many beatings. Yo, this Some happened in your life, but don't you ever go on national TV? And you did that on." The platform yeah, he definitely uh, of ESPN and said they was trolling that this dude, you had bro. a better fucking career. <laughs> they clowned than him. Dwayne Wade. They wanted to get rid of your ass. Even Jalen Rose was clowning him have... on national TV live. <laughs> He's like, "You my boy, but no, yeah, you ain't you ain't have a better career." I'm gonna have my Gilly moment. I'm gonna have that. Paul Pierce. Listen to me, man. Why are you ragging? You, Why are you getting you, on him now? Yeah, you, 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 you got on national TV, man. Okay? <laughs> you getting on him now? You the kicking whole, the brother while he down? The, the, whole, the whole internet, the whole podcasting, the whole world watched you lie to your fucking self. Talking about you had a better goddamn career than Dwayne Wade. Man, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Yo, he living life, man. Didn't you see that video? Yo, he smoking with the, that. With the strippers? Yo, that nigga smoking that sticky icky. That nigga was high as hell on ESPN Network when he said that No, shit. I, oh, you talking about when he said he had a better career than D-Wade? What the hell is wrong with Or when he man? was smoking with, man, both with the strippers? Shit. Yeah, the strippers too. Hell is wrong with you, Paul? Yo, somebody said on the Instagram live feed, it was like... It was like... <laughs> Bring Rachel Nichols. Bring oh, her. shit. You know, Rachel Nichols is the, the host of the jump. And they were like, Yo. Because he was like, Yo, Monica, I don't know who Monica is. Come through. You can make some bread. You can make some cash. It was like, Yo. He talking to Rachel Nichols. Rachel, Rachel Nichols ain't going. 
She ain't going live on that shit, get herself in trouble. That is her livelihood. Paul yeah. Pierce can live. He good. Yeah, yo. Paul Pierce, man. You don't got to take no credit. Hey, man, you, you don't got to take no advice from me, man. All right, you got plenty of money, man. But listen to me when I tell you this shit, man. Don't you ever say you had a better career than Wade Wade, man. Leave Paul Pierce alone, bro. He the truth, man. Now, I will give you this, though. He legendary, though. He legendary in motherfucking Boston. No, he is. I mean, he legendary, you, you know, bro. you can't really... When you talk about his career, he is one of the greatest Celtics ever. Not the greatest, but he's definitely on the Mount uh, Rushmore. Yeah. Oh, 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 he has to be. You know? He has to be. I, I love Paul Pierce, bro. What was that... What was that time? I forgot what team they was playing against. He talking to my man's chewing the gum like he just talking, I mean, just talking I mean, shit to my man. He did that a couple of different times, bro. Then he hit the game. One, I was like, see, he. One thing about Paul Pierce, man, that that I had to love about this game, he was he was like, I, I hate to say this, I'm, a lot of basketball heads will thrash me for this comparison. If Tim Duncan had handles. He been Paul Pierce. Fundamentals, bro. He's, he, yeah, Paul Pierce is a fundamentally. He was. He was, a, he, yeah. was a, he was. He had phenomenal fundamentals. Didn't have the greatest, fanciest moves to get to the basket. Yeah. But he could do anything yeah, he, he wanted. Right. He wasn't on the court. Open, he athletic. He, he could do he, anything he wanted he on the moved, court. He moved, and you know, he moved at his own pace, and that's what I liked about him. You never could really rush him. He always got the shot that he wanted to. He was always much bigger than the wings that that was guarding him. Because twos were too short, like two guards are too short, and threes, they just can guard him, right? He's just too skilled. Even if you were the same height, he still had the size to where he can back you in, he can post you, who at the fadeaway. To me, he's one of the best mid-range shooters. Ever, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, he yeah, shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he developed a three-point shot. Coming out of Kansas, he wasn't really a threat from three. Like, he wasn't really a great three-point shooter. But he developed that over the years. Because remember, when Anton Walker, Anton... So Anton Ant was... No, Nice. He was knocking down threes and giving them the shimmy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, and he and he was one of the um Antoine was one of those dudes that kind of he paved the way for some of the small forwards slash power forwards where they went small, he went big. You know, they went big, or when they went big, he went small, and he could stretch the floor, hit from the outside, and he was bombing threes. Yeah, he you know, was he, nice. Like, you know what he was nice. Like, that duel was that, that duel, duel was the truth. They shit literally. <laughs> That dude was the truth. And you know what? It's crazy. I, I remember the players that played on that team. Bati, all those other all guys. All those guys, yep. Like you, like you said earlier, man, um, so many teams consist of role players. Yep. And that's what makes teams really great, the role players. We were just talking about that earlier, man. Yep. You know, you are the basketball guru. And you always we, say that. We, we're going we're gonna to shift the gears a little bit. Um, I'd like to ask you some loaded, you know, loaded questions. You always um, see that. You know, my loaded questions. You know, everybody, I owe my man a pair of Yeezys, man. I'm going to spend some money on my mans, bro. Um, I did pick UCLA. We did bet a pair of Yeezys that UCLA would go to the finals. My dumb ass did it. <laughs> almost, almost, almost happened. Um, based on the talent in the Final Four and the finals, who do you think really up their stock? for what we watched in this whole tournament. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm glad you, you actually talked about that. That's a good transition into a recap, a good recap of, you know, this 2021 uh, March Madness 
tournament. So who increased their NBA, who increased their stock for the NBA draft is what you're asking me. Absolutely. So when I look at the tournament, right? When I look at the tournament every year, <clears throat> I look at it as a big ass showcase. I look at it as a as a, a, a huge showcase for these guys to show the NBA scouts, execs, front office, GMs, owners what they can do on the biggest stage and the biggest platform um, in the world. Like, because I told you before, when you talk about March Madness, to me that is, aside from I'll say March Madness is probably one of the biggest sporting events in America sports. That, um, that's probably it. Maybe the Masters, the golf, but when you, and then of course the Super Bowl, which I know you, you don't want to talk about football right now. You're still, you're still, mm-hmm. you're still mm-hmm. upset mm-hmm. <laughs> about your Packers. But, uh, <laughs> Yo, chill out, bro. Stick, stick to the script, bro. Speaking of which, your boy yeah. was on, your boy was on Jeopardy, by the way. Aaron Rodgers. Jeopardy. Yeah, because we in Jeopardy. His ass about to leave, I asked. That's what's Jeopardy talking all this shit, man. Yo, stick to the script, man. You always do this shit, but Mike. He was, he was on Jeopardy. You know. And and the contestant clowned him. Yo. Yo, they clowned him. They were like, I forgot the, what the question was. It was like, it was like, who the hell decided to kick the field goal? They said, what is, or who is, I forgot how they framed it. How they said it? What is? Who decided to kick the field goal? <laughs> I was crying See on the my floor, face? bro. Yeah, I know. Yo, chill out, B. Chill out. I was rolling. But anyway, getting back to March Madness being as big as it is. So they, all the players, the college programs, the coaches, everybody, they understand the magnitude of how big it is, right? So you got to play your best when it matters the most. You know, I tell my team that. I tell my son that all the time. So the guys that really increased their stock, you know, I've been talking about Jalen Suggs all tournament long. Hit the game winner against UCLA. I know that broke your heart, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't believe it went in. I, I really, Off the it, backboard. It, I, I could not believe. He said he knew that. Yo, Jalen said, yo, I knew that was going in as soon as it left my hand. I don't know if he knew. I think he felt it was pretty good. It felt like a good shot. Yeah. But off the bank? Bank to join. I mean, it was, that was a late night game. Bank was yeah, closed. I'm I guess tell it was you, open for that shot. I really felt it would have been double overtime, right? Well, because it was it was tied. Yeah, it was, it was tied. tied. Right, and it was in overtime. So Already. if he would have missed it, right, I really think UCLA would have found a way to defensively adjust, probably to win the game in double overtime. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a phenomenal game. The uh, the I think shooting guard slash forward that you talked about also. You said his stock really went up. Um, what's his name? Gonzaga. Yeah, not Gonzaga. We're talking about the guy from UCLA. Uh, oh, Shazang? Shazang, yeah. yeah. His stock definitely. Yeah, he, he's one of the guys, too, whose stock went up. Because, first of all, he, he has an NBA body, too. He, he looks like an NBA pro, and his game justifies that. Because when I look at him, right, how he was able to take over the game, pretty much when they played Michigan, that was pivotal. You know, because the game came down to the last couple of possessions. But... Throughout the game, he steadily paced them. Like every time UCLA needed a big time bucket, I mean, fadeaways, getting to the basket. Like he, he literally, I would say almost single handedly beat Michigan. This is where I would love to uh, pick your brain with basketball. Um, with guys like him, Baylor, um, a couple other players, you said that their stock went up as well. You, you, you often talk about NBA ready. Guys, right? Who is 
for what we saw in the tournament, who do you feel is the most NBA ready player? All right, so like I said, when when I talk about NBA ready, I do talk about do you have an NBA body, right? You know, size matters, man. I mean, it's sports, particularly in basketball, size matters, right? So if you're a shooting guard, that's the position you play. And I know it's interchangeable because, you know, in the NBA, it's almost like positionless basketball at this point, right? But you still got to be tall, you know what I mean? Especially for the position that you play. So Jalen Suggs, we already talked about why his stock is on all-time high. And he actually now is projected to now be, according to, I believe, ESPN um, rankings, the number one, potential number one pick over Kay Cunningham, which is ironic because all year long. Kay Cunningham. From nice. Oklahoma State. Yeah, Kay Cunningham. State. He's been the one that everybody's saying is the consent or should be the consensus number one pick. But now it's kind of shifted to Suggs. So we'll see. But I don't think Suggs is leaving Gonzaga, though. He's a one and done, bro. Think so. What do you mean, think so? If I said, yo, you're going to be a number one pick or number two pick, and you got guaranteed money, you're going to stay in college for what? The girls? Bro, he's out of there. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. So he's a one and done, which is very rare for Gonzaga. We talked about that. Kay Cunningham, he no matter what he done in the tournament, what he, regardless of how you perform in the tournament, though, because he's six seven, you know what I'm saying? Athletic, athletic, long wing, great, um, really good playmaker. He just you can see his game translating well into um, the NBA. Io, I told you from um, Illinois, he raised his stock a little bit. I think ESPN had him today as ranked. 21 or 22 late round pick no nah, i think i think he's gonna go higher to be honest with you i think top 10 he's gonna be quite i think i told you I 15 think he's be quite he's gonna be a little bit outside of the top 10 yeah i think he's gonna be like it depends 12 or 13 something around that i have to look at the draft when we have our we're gonna have a specific nba draft show where i talk about every single play in the draft first round second round because i believe the draft the nba draft will be in july so we got some time because things will go up and then depending on how guys perform in their workouts and things like that, it will shift. But so we know top five will certainly be Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham, um, Mobley from USC. I told you that they're really big on him. And, that, and because USC performed very well in the tournament, he's a guy that raised his stock all the way up. He was on the radar to be a possible top 10, top 15, but with. You see a USC going so far, he's up there. Um, another guy, there's a lot of kids that put their name in it. They, 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 um, Jaden Springer, which is a local kid from Charlotte. I watched him up close. He played on Tennessee. He put his name in the draft. But I don't, I'm not sure if he signed an agent. I'm not sure. I think he may have. But he's not a lottery pick to me. I think he's going to be a late first rounder. Could he be a sleeper? Definitely, because he has a motor. He's very for the guard position, he's very athletic. He has a motor. He rebounds the ball pretty well. He's a decent facilitator. I'm just not comfortable with his shooting. Like, his mechanics are a little... They look a little shaky. Like, he's not a consistent, fluid jump shooter to me, which is probably going to be... A, it's going to be problematic when he gets to the NBA if he doesn't improve his shooting to me. But I think that because he's athletic, because he plays hard, you can't really replace that. Like, he plays hard. So I think... What I see him as in the NBA is an athletic wing that can guard multiple positions and can also help you facilitate and stuff like that. I don't see him as being like a superstar. His teammate, Ke uh, Keon, he put his name in the draft and he, and he signed, an eight, uh, he, uh, I believe he hired an agent. He's projected to be a top eight pick, top eight to ten. 
That's on Tennessee. But they didn't do that well in the tournament. They lost. I knew he was going to lose. I think they lost to, what, Wisconsin? No. Was it Wisconsin? I forgot. Just that quick. Um, so he's, he's going to be in there. I don't, what he, the, he didn't really do anything to improve his stock, though. He just was automatically projected. Um, so there's a couple of guys that st- stood out to me in terms of, like, the performance line. And then, you, and then and you know I got to talk about Baylor. So... Who the best player on Beller? What what is it? He got the braids, the box so, so, braids. So, all right, that sucks. No, it sucks is so from Gonzaga. So, so, right. so you have Mitchell, Davion Mitchell. Mitchell, that's his number forty five. And, and <laughs> funny Donovan Mitchell on Utah Jazz is <laughs> he was rocking a forty five um, jersey from Baylor because they you know same last name. So you have Mitchell, you have Jared Butler, you have Teague. Teague. Yep, I like Teague. Teague is going Teague, to be nice. an interesting prospect. All three of them will pro- because of they all improved their stock. I'll tell you why. Last year, going into the draft, Butler got feedback from the NBA executives, front office, like, yo, you gotta work in your game. You gotta improve your handles and you gotta improve your shooting. Right? Because he's only 6'2, 6'3. I think he's he's more like 6'2. Kind of on the smaller side. But his shooting was a little bit of a problem. They always look at numbers, you know. Analytics plays a big part. Like, okay, what did you do, right, at the college level? If you shot 30% from three or 30 in the 30s, that's not, that's not adequate. You know, you need to shoot high 30s to 40s, 38, 39. Because remember, the three-point line is closer. In college. Right. So they expect for you to make it as a guard – if you can't shoot, you better be able to do something else. Three pointer is what, twenty four feet? Uh, it's a little. It's like twenty between twenty five to 20, 27 feet. Okay, oh, you talking about college or the NBA? NBA. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like twenty four yeah. feet, right? So you, it's closer in 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the collegiate level. So if you not if you can't shoot well, college level, there's a good chance you you're not going to be a good shooter in the NBA, unless you improve. Unless you improve your yeah, shooting, right? But they're dropping you. When you're a lottery pick or a high draft pick, I would say 50, all the way up to 15, you, you, they expect for you to make an impact for the most part immediately. And so Teague, I'm going to tell you why Teague is an intriguing prospect for me. Outside of what he just did in, in, in this final championship, I think he scored 19. He did his thing. The reason why he's intriguing to me is because he is a, to me, he has a fluid jump shot. Like his stroke is very fluid. Great shot too. He can create a shot. Out of all space. the three guards, and Flagler is another guard too. They really have four. They had really five guards. But when you look at him, out of all the guys, I think he can create, create his shot the best. He can create space, right? He probably has the best handles to me. Um, he's probably, him and Mitchell are probably the, one, the better one-on-one players. And he's taller. He's a legitimate shooting six, five, guard. Right? He's about 6'5", right. Six five ish in that area. I, I don't know about his wingspan, but so in terms of the total package for a shooting guard, I think he has. And remember, he's a phenomenal defender. I think one of the plays that he did defensively getting back, um, I think it's going viral. Like how his his level of def- defensive intensity was like crazy against um. Gonzaga. They play great defense. Yeah, they, they they play defense on the string, man. Like all three of those guys, all, really the whole team. Plays defense on the strain to get back. They switch if they need to. They talk. Even though, to me, they play small. Like, Mark Vital, bro, plays center. 
He's like not even that tall. Six five. He's, he reminds me, you know he reminds me of a little bit. He reminds me kind of of um he's shaped kind of like um Big Baby Davis, Mark Vital. He played the five and he defended Timmy pretty well. Like that was impressive to me. That was the thing I was concerned about. I remember so I, I felt like Gonzaga was a little bit bigger in the front court with Kisper and also Timmy. And I felt like Timmy should have really like destroyed inside. He really didn't. They played. They did a good job, man. Mark Vidal was their leading rebounder. He only like six five, bro. He averaged like almost eight rebounds a game or seven and a half, something like that. You can't teach the size. You can't teach strength, bro. Can't teach it. They, Somebody they, got. They, they 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 bullied Gonzaga, man. They, they, like they bullied him. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean Gonzaga got, you know, half black brothers. You know, but you mean half black? I don't know what that means. You know, mixed. You know, you but, talking about Gonzaga or Baylor? No, talking about Gonzaga. You know, <laughs> I got to make it a racial what does issue that have to do with because <laughs> oh, Baylor's they came out like dogs, because, bro. Because I'm ignorant, you know. I know. It's you like say wild it's stuff. like this, man. These opinions. Do, it's it's are, like this, man. Gonzaga solely. Gonzaga <laughs> always only. had. Gonzaga always had either mixed. Or white guys. These, these opinions. And yes, everybody, 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 get over what I'm saying. It's okay. <laughs> the brothers came in. It's like this. It's like it's like this, right? Baylor came in the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the brothers in the hood. Yeah. We're not letting these white boys beat us. We're not. We're not letting that token beat us either. We're coming out here. We whooping ass. Yeah, that's we gonna what show. We gonna show them like yo. We them dudes. We them we, we them dudes. Mm -hmm. And because you know, you told me to watch the game. You know, I haven't really been keeping up with basketball this right. year. And I was everything you said about Baylor as a team. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, my man, assessment of the game and teams are on point. Strong guard play. S strong guard play. They can uh, shoot the ball very Teague, well. Oh, Teague yeah. Mitchell. I was so impressed with their press defense. I was impressed with their man-to-man -man defense, how they get back to the ball, how they force turnovers in the first half mm -hmm. and created points off of that. Yeah. Also, which is what impressive is what all of their guards can shoot very well. I know. They shoot. All of them shoot close to or above 40% from three. And they can create their own shot. You know what they remind me? They can do their own thing. They remind me a little bit of <clears throat> a throwback. I know you probably remember the Illinois trio of Darren Williams, Luther Head, D and D Brown, Brown. Yep. already multiple. Listen to me when, and I say this every year. When you have multiple guards, right, that can create off the dribble, that can shoot, you typically can go very far in the tournament. If you play defense and you have strong guard play, all you have to have is a little bit of presence inside, a little bit. But what I like about what Baylor did, and I go back to what you said because you made a good point. When you talk about what Baylor accomplished, is that they went small, even though Gonzaga didn't really adjust to me as well. By the time they adjusted, the game was over. But Baylor went small. What I told you with Mark, uh, with Vital playing the five, sometimes playing the four, and playing and um, uh, they had Flagger. They had pretty much five guards in the lineup, significantly smaller than Gonzaga. But they pretty much did almost like what you would look at on the NBA level. They did pretty much a Golden State Warrior thing. Where they said we all gonna go small and we just gonna jack up threes and play phenomenal defense, exactly what they did. Their guards are interchangeable, bro. Like you said, they just wanted it more. They were hungry, and I think Gonzaga got hit in the mouth 
with UCLA. I felt like UCLA kind of exposed Gonzaga a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny you, you're talking about that because now we can transition to my thing. But it's so funny you went there. Um, it's kind of like a fight, right? It's kind of like when a fighter fights a very hard war. Right. He might not be the same for the next fight. And that that's exactly what I felt happened right. to Gonzaga. They took the dog out the dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that. It's just like that with sports, man. When you play a very hard-earned game, maybe you're not mentally... Maybe you're mentally there, right. but your body is not cooperating with the mental aspect of basketball. Right. And you can just tell the way Gonzaga played compared to the beginning of the tournament to that game with UCLA, they took something out of them. Well, UCLA did. No other team really challenged them as much. For the exactly. Team. Right. So, like you said, UCLA, they're just a feisty, grinded-out type team with, with Johnny Zhang, and then you have um, Campbell, Tiger Campbell. I mean, they have Riley played really, really big inside. Like They just have a um, um, Vasquez, Vasquez, I believe his name is. Um, he's very feisty. They just had a, a collection of players that you can't prepare for, like you said. When you have players that just come, you can't really prepare for dogs like that. There's no dogs. way. Yeah. There's no way you can prepare for that. You know what I'm saying? You just got to go out there and just play as hard as you possibly can. And if they hit you in the mouth, you got to hit back. And I felt like they did respond well late, but it took a miracle, man, to beat them. So, I, I, me personally, I felt like if UCLA would have played Baylor, there's a possible chance that your prediction may have been right. Because... Maybe. I mean, Baylor was Stylist, just so good. Stylistically. Yeah, they, they match up better in t as far as guard play. And UCLA, you know, they play with the chip on their show. I still feel like Baylor would have won, but I felt like it would have been a really close They game. overall, I think Baylor still would have broke their heart because Baylor just have better guards. Yeah. And they have, their guards are just more athletic. They, they got could four. Do, they could do more things they with got the basketball. three to four NBA pros on Baylor's team. You know, depth plays a part. We talked about this before. Depth plays a big part, too, because at the end of the day, what did I say before when I look at a college basketball team, especially when I'm looking at the tournament? How many NBA pros do you have on your team? That's the first thing I look at. Now, I think um, Johnny was overlooked. He's a transfer, I believe, from Kentucky, but he was overlooked as an NBA prospect. I think he probably would have went some, somewhere late second round, mid to late second round, but he increased his stock from that man to anywhere between 10 to 20 mm. in the draft. He, he made himself some money, bro. He definitely did. You know, so if you want to talk about a guy who increased his stock, he did. Max from um, or Roberts did. Those type of guys did. Um, Moody probably lost some money. But overall, man, I think when I look at the tournament, I evaluate. The tournament, I will say this, man. I, I'm happy about the tournament. I love college basketball. But my assessment is I was disappointed with the national championship in general because Baylor just pounded them. It wasn't really a fair fight. I thought it had been closer. That was a bit of a disappointment. If you look at the whole uh, tournament in its, enti in its entirety, there really wasn't a lot of buzzer beaters, really. Not a lot of overtime. It was a couple not a lot of overtime games. The only Cinderella's, well, there were a couple, but the Cinderella's that, that came out more prominent was the UCLA, but I wouldn't really call UCLA a, a, a Cinderella because they're technically a blue blood, right? And they still have the most national championships in, in college basketball history. So they were considered you know, a bit of a surprise. 
you know, Loyola of Chicago, they had a little bit of a short run. And Or Roberts, that's it. You know, the surprise was Illinois lost early. I mean, that's pretty much it. There wasn't really anything to me that stood out as like, this was the best tournament ever. It really was on a scale of 10. 10 being like the best tournament I've ever seen. 7.5. It was probably like a 6 or 7. Wow. Six, yeah, I feel like because there were the blowouts, like the, the Syracuse, uh, got, they got blown out by uh, Houston and the Elite. That's not really, I, I feel like it should have been more competitive and that wasn't. Then Baylor destroyed Houston. I thought that was going to be a little bit more competitive, you know, even though I had um, Baylor winning. That wasn't, that wasn't competitive. The Michigan-UCLA game, all the UCLA games were competitive. They, they played been, hard. Right. So in that region, they made it competitive. But Gonzaga beat pretty much everybody. Iowa was the number two seed. They lost early. This, oh, the third surprise was that the Pac-12, they had a strong presence, you know, with USC doing very pretty well. Oregon State, Oregon doing okay. Outside and UCLA, of course, doing okay. Outside of that, man, this this tournament was okay. I mean, it's not really nothing to be like overly excited about. Uh, but what you did see was there's a lot of talent in this in in, in the tournament, and there's going to be a lot of talent in this NBA draft. Tons. What now? We're not going to shift gears yet. Cause, no, we still talk about basketball because you know. Yeah, we, yeah, because I got to um, pick on you. You know. Um, there you go. Everybody. Let's go. Everybody. My homie, my brother, you know what I'm saying, from another mother. He's a damn Knicks fan. Who does the Knicks? I mean, of course, you're from New York. You could have been. I'm still rooting for Brooklyn. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Shout out to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant returned tonight. No doubt. He dropped 17, I think it was, from an injury, and uh, they beat the Pelicans. So, as a Knicks fan, (laughs) because you're a Knicks fan. Well, you're you're just a New York fan. Anything New York, you you represent. NY. All you rep it. I, I respect day. that. I respect that. Yep. So, what do you think the Knicks need to draft out of this draft? What player do the Knicks or who the Knicks should draft? They I already mean, got my boy from Duke, which he's not doing bad. Who, RJ? Yeah. yeah. I, I, he's, I, doing, he's doing better than – people don't want to give him credit. I, I feel like I – don't, I don't know if he'll be the most improved. Of course, he's not the NBA most improved, but he's improved drastically from – Last year to this year, he's improved literally from every, just about every statistical category he's improved. His shooting has improved. His overall field goal percentage has improved slightly. I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm just going off the top of my head. Uh, his three-point, I know his three-point percentage has improved because his first year in the league was terrible. Um, Damn. Yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. Damn. But he one thing I like about him and, and obviously hiring Tom Thibodeau, was the best thing to happen to a young player like R.J. Barrett, right? Because R.J. Barrett still needs to learn how to play basketball. He's still very, very young. He's very raw. Yeah, he's raw, but he played. This is one thing I always say when I look at basketball in general, whether it be high school, college, the pros. Do you have a motor, right? Because you can't replace that, right? So he plays. He almost plays so hard, man. He makes me tired looking at him. But he plays extremely hard. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's top five or top ten in transition points or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. They push the pace to an extent. The Knicks are actually, they're in the middle of the pack, or maybe top ten, I believe, in scoring. Like, they score, they get buckets. With Julius Randle leading that team with, I don't know how many triple-doubles, 
Um, there's a reason why he's a, he's an all-star this year because he's playing out of his mind. I think, honestly, he should be considered for uh, NBA's most improved because he just went from struggling a little bit last year with injury and things like that to becoming an all-star. His whole career was riddled with injuries, though. Well, off and on, he's just been a little bit inconsistent because you got to think about what's happened with him being in the Lakers. The, Laker, the Lakers were in transition, and they signed LeBron, and that was pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you signed LeBron, you, try, you're, you switch from rebuilding to trying to win a championship right away. Then his rookie year, first game of the season, break his leg. Yeah. You, when you look at Julius Randle, I mean, he just, he didn't fit in that system as much. This, the Knicks, he can be the man. Um, they fit very well with Tom Thibodeau's um, system. In other words, if you don't play defense, you don't play. If you don't play hard, you don't play. That's why I didn't Smith, they shipped him out of town. Bye. Because if you're not willing to be coached, if you're not willing to put in the work, right? If you're not willing to work hard, you're not going to be in his rotation. You know, you know what? If, Period. If, if, if Dennis Smith was a fighter, and I'm going to say this, man, because I really like that kid out of high school. And, you know, sometimes, local kid so, sometimes you know, hoop mixtape, ball is life, man. They just show the highlights of their game, not their complete game. Right. So you can actually really assess do they know how to play basketball? Are they a really are, are they really a good basketball player the way the tape makes them look? You know what I'm saying? When he was at NC State, um he had some bad games too, man. But he had he also had a lot he of he, had, he wasn't there, bro. He wanted to get to the NBA as fast as possible. He was a one and done and he knew it, right? I told you before, like I told my brother, I tell everybody about Dennis Smith, right? You can't it's only but so much you can do to camouflage and hide your flaws, right? Flaws in your character, flaws in your game. If you, like, for example, there's been so many rumors, even when he was at NC State, where he wasn't really that coachable. And he wasn't he was considered not a phenomenal... Remember, you're a point guard. He's barely 6'1". He's, he's probably one of the most athletic guards I've seen I've never seen nobody eyes. jump like him. Right, I've 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 not seen a guy like that jump out the like he jumps out the building, right? But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. if you don't know how to play basketball, basketball doesn't mean nothing. Like if you don't know how to play basketball, like from an IQ perspective, like understanding how to play the game and lead, he's not a leader, right? You're a point guard, but you can't lead. You won't be in the NBA very long, especially being undersized. I don't care how you jump, right? You say, well, okay, well, how come smaller guys made it longer than he did? Well, you look at a guy like Earl Boykins, a leader, played hard. <clears throat> Nate Robinson. The thing about Nate Robinson is he was goofy and silly and things like that. Play hard, though. But he did play hard. He play and hard. he got buckets. And he got buckets. See, see, the thing with him is he knew his role, right? He said, okay, I'm an undersized guard. I'm not really a traditional point guard, but I can score 20 points in like 20 minutes, right? Like, I can heat up and I can score and I can get a couple of blocks and steal. I can just be all over the place and just disrupt everything. Dennis Smith, I think he's trying to find himself. Like, what is his identity? Like, how, what is your style of play? He doesn't really run, a, he doesn't run the point guard efficiently because he's not a real pass-first point guard. He, he's not a great scorer or a shooter, right? Even though he's athletic, what can he do well on the offensive end? He's not a great shooter. He's, he's just on the court. That, that's not, what I'm saying. Like He's not getting on the court. I'm going to say this, you know, I have to, because you're, you're the man in basketball, I'm the man when it comes to boxing. He's the Adrian Brown of the NBA. Maybe. I don't, I don't, that's a, that's a pretty decent comparison because. Because a lot, lot of talent, have, has a lot of talent, 
very unfocused. Well, I agree. Very, with that. very unfocused. Right. If, if, imagine Dennis lack Smith. Of discipline, right? Imagine if Dennis Smith was coachable, and he focused on getting better and understanding how to play in the NBA game. How, how good he would could do be. better. And under and also understanding and embracing his role. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody can't be a superstar. I think what hurt him was, you know, he was drafted very, very high, which I, I understood why they drafted him that high. But they drafted him, and then the next following year, they got Luka. And that, I mean, you know, you play in Dallas, you expect to be the starting point guard, and your future is just in doubt when you, when you uh, draft a world-class. <laughs> I mean, you talk about... He, he is the franchise, but you talk about, I would consider Luka Doncic a, a prodigy, right? Because he was gifted at an early age playing against older adults, playing in the Europe, the Euro League against grown men as, as a teenager. He came into the league and took the league by storm. I did not think he was going to be like this. I knew he was going to be good. And, I, and you know, I, t- I told my brother, because my brother's never really sold on Europe, European players for some reason. He's not even really sold on college players. He's only sold on guys that are proven in the league for a little while and show what they can do. And I get that. But the NBA is getting younger, right? So there's still more talent that's coming in, that's flooding I mean, NBA. 20, 22 years old coming to the NBA is, young, is, is old now. Yeah, 22, 23, especially if you're, if you're coming out, out of college, college as four a years? junior or senior. You're old. Man, you're a, you're a senior citizen, bro. Yeah. Get they your want, ARP. Want, get your they, ARP they want out. the raw 19, 20, 18-year-old kids. Right, because they they feel like when you when you draft that early, you know when you draft them one and dones things like that. They're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. They're they're young, they're raw. They feel like you can be coachable. You got more years. They're cheap. They're cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Because you get them on a rookie deal. So that's why they want a younger. I mean, I mean, they don't. It's not like the old the back in the days where you had the older players who who who, who stayed in the league forever, like the Kevin Willis, those type <laughs> of guys who were like forty plus. It's not like that way. You know, you look at Steph. Steph is like an old man compared to some of the guys. He's 32, I think, or 33. Dropped 49 last night. Yeah, he, yeah I mean, yeah. But I'm, I'm just using, <laughs> but, but using an example. You know what I'm saying? He's considered, so. he's considered an old, wise veteran because the league is getting younger and younger. But when you talk about the face of the league, the face of the league is really guys that's under 25. You look at Luka, right, who's 21, I believe. Uh, you look at um, Zion. You know what I'm saying? These guys are 20, 21, 22 years old, and they're taking the league by storm. So it's like these NBA executives, front office GMs, they're looking for the next Luka. They're looking for the next Zion. The crazy thing about Zion Williamson, and I'm going to sound crazy saying this. When I saw his high school highlights, I'm like, he's, he's playing against little white boys. Like... Get the right. fuck out of here. I get it. I you know understand why you say that. Then, then he went to Duke. I'm like, okay, Dukey, baby. You know, I'm a Duke fan. Right. And then when he I saw it. He bust his shoe. Yeah. But <laughs> he no, broke his shoe open. I'm going to tell you what, really, I said, okay, this kid is for real. The first game of the season, how we beat Kentucky. Right. And what he you, was. You, when you say we, you're a Duke fan. I'm a Duke fan. Right. I, I'm going to be honest. The way and what he was doing against Kentucky Taking guys off the dribble, going to the rack, right. and shooting the three. I'm like, oh, oh, this dude can really play. I mean, I owe you so. Which one you say you gonna cop me now? You know, for, um, for the record, you know, for the record, <laughs> I was supposed to cop my man some Yeezys. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna save some money now. You know, you're taking it easy on me, man. So I'm gonna cop them the University Jordan ones. I'll take the you know University. What, what color are they though? 
I mean, they're Carolina, baby. You know, right, Carolina. So. I'm a Duke fan, but I mean, I, I like sneakers, so I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So, Carolina Blue. Speaking of which, Roy Williams has retired. Has. A, you know what's so funny when that announcement was Hubby made? Hubby Smith is deserving, though. He's no, no. He's a, he's been under he's been under Roy Williams for about nine, eight nine years now, so he's deserving. He put in his his time. But when that announcement came through, that happened on April Fools, bro. I, I almost thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. No, I know the reason. It was April Fools, right in the morning. Roy Williams is a hundred years old. <laughs> it's about goddamn time. <laughs> so. That ain't no April Fool's in this shit. I totally believe that shit. His ass looking tired as hell. Them kids are stressing his old ass out. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm enjoying the rest of my <laughs> He's damn life. He's actually 70, by the way. That motherfucker looks 90. Okay? I'm sorry. White people, y'all age like bananas. It's all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These are the opinions that are solely belong to JJ and not me. Yes. He, he, he is 70 years old. He actually doesn't look that bad considering he's been a Did head coach. Did you see the... Look, man. For see, you're being nice on this shit right now. Nah, he's been I'm a being, head coach for yo, since 1970s, bro. Yo, I'm going to be organic. Man, we can go on YouTube right now and look up. What? He got game. His ass looked old then, and that shit was like twenty. Yeah, he's years one of those guys that always looked old. He, he's right. he's been looking seventy for but, thirty years. But that's what I'm saying. That's why he's actually looked good because <laughs> since he always looked old, it, he never really changed. Very strong point. <laughs> but his uh, his old ass is said, "Hey, these young motherfuckers stressing me out. I gotta get the fuck about it." Well, him. you know what's so funny? I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Obviously, he's won what three national championships with uh. US, he won he won three total, right? He won three. Two with North Carolina, I believe. But I thought he won three with No, North he won two thousand five, two thousand. Oh, yeah, I don't think he ever won. Two thousand five. Because he? he was at Kansas, right? Oh, yeah. Two thousand five. Let me look it up. Two thousand five, two thousand seventeen, obviously just just passed, not two and two thousand nine. Yeah. It's three. I said I, but that. I had to think of the, the years, man. Two thousand seventeen. No, I said see? he won three. And I agree with you. Okay. I said the first one's 2005. We're going to play that clip one day, see if, see if you say that. <laughs> no, I said 2005. That was Raymond Felton. That Raymond Felton was on that squad. 2005. Dang, it's been... That was his first national championship, 2005. Man. And you know what's crazy? He never won with Kansas, and he had great teams Yeah, he did. He did. But, I mean, I'm glad that he won his three. Man, 2005. We're in 2021. He's been coaching for... A long ass time, man. He was at Kansas <laughs> for a good while. I know, man. He's been coaching. Yo, you gotta give him credit, bro. No, he that dude. No, he's that dude. Nine Division One regional final fours, nine regular ACC. I mean, not that's a big deal, but an ACC is tough. Three ACC tournaments, Big Eight. That was a long time ago, bro. I mean, he's a very accomplished coach, man. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but the timing of it is very odd. I'll tell you why. First of all, aside from the fact that he announced it on April Fools, I just feel like it wasn't just because the kids were stressing him. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I don't think that he was comfortable with the idea of losing. Right? I feel like okay, you got smoked by Wisconsin. That was that was terrible. You had a subpar regular season like on for his standards right to be 
North Carolina, the blue bloods of all blue, to me, between them and Duke, obviously, but I just think UNC is just the creme de la creme. You should be able to recruit any and everybody at that level. It doesn't always work it out. It doesn't always work out the way, but you're UNC. There's no particular reason why you should not always be the be- one of the best, especially in the ACC. Strongest conference right. in, in college basketball. When, when, when the big man, um, Kessler, Wessler, decided to transfer, when they lost, when they got spanked, I should say, when Sharp, Darren, I feel like Sharp is going to be the big man. He's good, too. He averaged almost a double-double, a little under uh, 10 points a game, I believe. He's a local kid here in North Carolina, big kid. But I seen him up close. We had went to a showcase. Truly a seven-footer. Wow. True, Sharp is truly a seven-footer. And he has a, he has a motor. I think he's definitely going to be a really good basketball. I think he's going to be a solid pro to me. You know, a, a seven, a versatile, six eleven, six foot big man can finish at the rim. He's pretty athletic. I can see him as a, I can see him as an NBA shot blocker. Like he's raw. He's a very young freshman. Like I think he's still eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. What about you, what's the? Uh, I I'm going to pronounce his name pretty bad. He's from my hometown. Who? Bakut, whatever his name. Backit. Baycott, whatever. Baycott. Oh hey man, I'm sorry. Backit, what the hell? Yo, hey, hey man, hey man. Armando, okay, so <laughs> is a nigga African? I don't know. Okay, leave me alone, man. Okay, he went to Episcopal High School in Richmond, Virginia. Baycott is considering entering his name in the draft. He has not signed uh, an agent, but if if I, I feel like he is a borderline NBA pro, like sorry. if he were, let's say for example, Baycott put his name in the draft. He Second will, round. especially when North Carolina did not do all that Second well in the round. tournament, he will be... Mid-second round? The only reason why he will not... No, he'll be a second-round draft pick. Late first round, depending on the team. The only reason why he's not going to be a guy that, that goes undrafted, he's a seven-footer. Seven-footer. You very rarely see a seven-footer go undrafted. Think about that. You never really see that. Because there's always a team that believes they can develop, develop a big man. Yeah, unlike Detroit when we uh, drafted Darko Milicic, yeah. All right, well, that's a whole other story for a different day. Yeah, we're not going to go biggest, there. One sorry. of the biggest busts in history. But, yeah, Baycott <sighs> is some footer. And that's why he got drafted. I'm, 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 that's, that's my point. I'm agreeing with was, your point. If he was 6'1", he wouldn't point. be in the NBA. So, you're right. So, Baycott is, is testing the waters. But I think that, I'm going to be real with you. I feel like Roy Williams... Feels like, and I see this a lot of times here in high school basketball and sometimes on the college level, when you lose a top recruit or guys want to transfer or they transfer to a different high school, you see, it's like you see the writing of the wall like, yo, we're going to have a losing season or we're not going to be as good as we're used to. I just feel like it goes back to the coaching and the recruiting aspect. You should always be prepared, especially if you're UNC, you should always be prepared to have a high level, you should have a recruiting class ready to go. Period. And I just feel like he's looking at it like, man, I, I, I'm losing my guys. He's losing his bigs. And I don't think that he's feel confident that he can take over, like, a, I wouldn't say a, dev, a dev, developmental year, but like a year where they're going to, or two, where they're going to be down. That's how I look at it. So, you but know he what? Had I'm some out. bad years in North Carolina. Not like this, bro. I, th- I, I think that this was a very, dis- one of the most, dis- and Duke, ironically, not as bad as Duke. You ain't even make the tournament. That's never happened. That hardly ever happens. I don't see Coach K leaving, we, though. We were some straight hot cheese trash. 
garbage. And, 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 and I will say this, though. I'll give you credit. You guys were playing hot at the right time going into the ACC tournament. But the COVID thing shut them down. Like, I feel like they, y'all, y'all might have made a threat a little bit in the tournament. But you didn't do well enough to get a... a, a you, you know, that was a daggone excuse. Talk about some damn COVID. And yeah, but it stopped. They were actually, you guys were actually playing pretty well, though. I know, but then the for stretch. some reason they said, oh, because of COVID, and they're going to, they just automatically, just all of a sudden we just can't play in the tournament. They, well, no, they did the same I, thing. I feel, I feel like they gave up. I feel like they didn't, they didn't want. That wasn't, that wasn't, that had nothing to do with the pro, the program wanted to play. Virginia, they stopped Virginia too. Virginia didn't get a chance to play in the ACC tournament, man. What are you talking yeah, I mean, about? they trash. Nah, they're not trash. Virginia was, they were one of my sleepers to go pretty far until I seen, I just didn't like the way they ended the, the season. And then I, I just, there was something about them, bro. And I just wasn't really feeling Virginia this year, bro. But they played tough. But the year VA won, man, they, hey, it was for VA. And I ain't that even was a fan. I ain't even a fan, but I'm from Virginia. So, so I, I get it. I got to claim that. You can, that's just even Even if Tech went to the championship, I got to go, I got to go for VA. I got to do it. Virginia Tech? That that would never happen, but Virginia Tech ain't never get to no. F- I mean, they won't even make it to Final Four. They're just not a good basketball program like that to me. I mean, you would have played for them. Maybe, maybe not. Bro, in your heyday in high school, if Virginia Tech was giving you Division One scholarship and that was the I'll only take one, I can get, bro. You were going to take. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> you were going to take. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like right now, we, as we know it, Virginia and where Tech, Tech is, is at is not that really far from New York. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is trash, bro. Yeah, but I mean, for going to New York, it's not that bad. Oh no, as far as the distance, yeah. But we're talking about eighty-one straight down, bro. They trash, bro. Anyway, so trash. I want I want to congratulate Coach Hubert Davis as the new head coach of my North Carolina Tar Heels. I wish him the best. I think that he'll do a phenomenal job. Um, you know, he he's a respected name in the, in you know in the coaching circles. He played for the Knicks. Ironically. I don't know. So I always rooted for Huber Davis. Big time shooter. Um, pretty solid defender in his heyday. You know what I'm saying? So he was always feisty. So I always rooted for Huber Davis. I think he's going to make an excellent coach. Um, so I hope, I wish him the best. I don't expect a lot, bro. This, this As far as like winning a championship or anything like that first year or two. It's a developmental year. This is why I feel like in my opinion, I'm not saying that he took the easy route because retiring is not easy, but he saw the writing like, yo, it's a, re- it's probably going to be a, re- a little bit of a rebuild. And he ain't trying to take no hit to his record, bro. Hey, man, he's not trying to take no hits to that heart condition. <laughs> That's what that is. His ass is old. He needs to sit his ass down. You keep saying that. How old? I mean, 70 years old. That is how old, old, man, bro. 70? That's heart failure. That's heart attack. I don't know about that. That's bro. high blood pressure. Well, that's true. And, but that I can mean, happen bro, when you're, you're younger. Scre- yeah, but you're screaming at these damn kids right. all day. I think I that's just, what it at is. At his age. He's an old 70. Yes. For, he for, need, uh, he's been coaching for 40 years. Since 1973 or 1978? Almost ago. 40 years, man. That's a long time. No, that's over 40 years. Yeah, that is a long time. Like he, yeah, but it was time, bro. It was really time. So but why now? Well, I, I kind of explained that. Let's you you definitely explain. Yeah, that. I just I just don't like leaving. Why so suddenly this the to, and this is another thing I don't like. And I'll let you I'll let you um, well, do you think, in a second. Do One thing that? I don't like too 
because it takes away from the integrity and just the overall timing of the tournament. Why are you going to announce your retirement in the middle of March Madness? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. See I don't. That, I don't yeah. really particular. I don't. I don't appreciate that. Like, you're going to announce your retirement now. Like, I, not that you know we're going to honor you know honor his accomplishments and things like that. But like, I almost feel like we didn't get a good, a, get a good opportunity to really honor his accomplishments, talk about him because we're talking about that. But then we're also talking about you know March Madness, and it's like it's a lot going on. Like, I would have waited until the tournament ended. There was a national champion, and then announce and let him think about it. Cause you just lost like a week or two ago and all of a sudden now this dude talking about i'm retiring like yo you sound like you're really in your feelings bro nah i just don't i'm like i'm you, a you don't like how you did it bro you don't like how you did it you don't like it just say nah, i just don't like it. i don't like the timing i don't like the timing of it i really don't I, I, it's funny because nobody's really talking about that like, i don't like the timing of it man april fools like that's why i thought it was april fools joke no it wasn't it was reality come on man now <clears throat> we're going to shift gears and um it's not a lot to be said man but i'll tell you what my homeboy is from long island new york and uh congratulations to jamel heron on that yep. impressive beat down of carl frampton definitely um, let's talk about that because you know he's a long island kid man he came from the mud for real hey yo i mean y'all from the mud bro you know what i'm saying like so the undercards were good it was a it was a good fight um of course of course, I, I I was thinking Frampton was going to be the Jackal. You know, they call him the Jackal for a reason. That's his nickname, the Jackal. The Jackal, because yeah. he's a feisty fighter. He he gets he get dirty. Right. He trade punches. He's exciting. I mean, if you look at the fights he had with Leo Santa Cruz, phenomenal fights, phenomenal action. I mean, action, action pack. Yeah. Um. So I really thought he was going to really mix it up. You know, I have to give Jamel. Heron credit. Um, he didn't engage. He stuck to his guns. He used his distance. Mm-hmm. And man, it just wore Frampton down, man. He, he was a beaten fighter. He, he didn't want to be in there. I can tell by the third round, I can tell he didn't want to be in there. He was getting outboxed. He was getting beat to the punch. Right. Uh, Jamal Heron was hitting him with a jab at will. And you got to think, Jamal Heron's what, 5'10"? Right. Frampton's five four, five five. Right. You know, like I told you. Yeah. I told you, man. I've been in the ring before. You know, not professionally in the gym. It's not fun when you're in the ring with someone. A bigger guy pounding uh, down. And, and punching down on you. Right. And he got knocked out. You can't take that. I didn't expect that though. I didn't either. I totally did not expect that. Yeah. And I mean. That was in the sixth round, right? Yeah, it was like six or seven round. Yeah. And that uppercut. Oh my God. That that he Carl Fremden was just he just didn't want to be in there, man. And he already talked about retirement before right. the fight. And I'm gonna be honest, man. You know, it's it like we, we had this incredible argument about uh athletes and um just being an athlete. Right. In a different disciplines of being disciplines in sports, mm-hmm. um, looking at Frampton, looking at Jamel Heron, you know, the difference is that our reason why I, I say the basketball player probably is the most diverse athlete based on athleticism. When Kobe retired, he dropped sixty. Right. 
when Jordan retired, he dropped 38. Dropped 38 in the finals. Um, it's just crazy how, like, when you hear boxers saying this is my last hurrah, mostly all of them lose. Arturo Gatti lost. Yeah, Gatti lost. I remember Mickey that. Ward lost. And they usually lose bad. Either yeah. Pernell like, Whitaker. They go out. Pernell Whitaker lost. Carl Frampton lost. But you know what? I think it I mean, it plays a part in terms of athletes where... Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard lost. So but, it's, it, but it's a mental thing, right? Because we, you know, we talk about all the time. Like with sports, it's like 90% mental, 10% physical. So especially with boxing... <clears throat> It's a mental game, it's, but right? you so, don't. But that's really playing with your life. Like this is my last fight. When is your last fight? Is like okay, man. Just you know, it's my. You don't fucking go in a fight looking forward yeah. to being retired. It's like, it's like I hate to always compare us humans to animalistic behavior, right? It's like the lion with all the scars, all the wars, right? Everybody came for this line. Everybody wanted to be the leader of the pack. And that line one day says, I don't want to be the leader no more. In the animal kingdom, you get fucking devoured. You get, e- you get eaten up. Right. You, you just, that's like playing with your life. If you retire, don't fight. If you're talking about retirement, don't fight. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Don't go out like that. You know what I'm saying? No, no I think I mean, Jamel- but a fire, fighter will always be a fighter. Absolutely, but do I right. think Jamel Heron beat him and beat the best Carl Frampton? Yes. I'm not taking nothing away from him. Right. Because guess what? This guy said, I want to fight. I'm going to retire, but I want this fight. Right. You signed the contract, the deal, they brokered the deal, they brokered the purse. That's what you did. Did he give us what we deserve? Hell no. I wanted the jackal. That's what I wanted. And you definitely that, didn't get that. that, that <laughs> I didn't get that that night. Jamar Heron looked phenomenal. Yeah, he was prepared. He, he was tell. very prepared. Yeah, he was ready. So, I mean, with that saying, man, like, you know, being a boxing fan, being a lover of the sport of boxing, yo, man, it's just different, man. You play basketball. You play, you play football. Right. You play hockey. You don't play boxing, bro. Nah. And I just feel like if I'm a fighter, I'm always going to be a fighter at heart. I'm always going to have the fighting spirit. I have that. I'm not even professional. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know exactly what you mean. But if I have it in my heart that I'm walking away from something violent, and I have to be an animal every night, but my mindset is this is my last hurrah. You don't need to fight. Right. You don't need to fight. You don't need to fight. Right. I agree with you. You know what I'm I, saying? I agree with you. And and. and I'm just, I don't like the way Frampton went out. Yeah, but that, that, that looked like that was his last fight. Man. It's his last fight. Definitely. It definitely is. He's fought for a while. You know what I'm saying? He's been around for a while. He's been around since he was 17. Yeah. He's like, what, 32, 33? Something like that, yeah. He, I, he just doesn't have it in him anymore. Yeah, it's, you know? but he, never, he just shouldn't have fought, man. You know, but then again, you got to look at it. It's, it's, it was in Dubai. Yeah. They go pay. The buy when they have events, man, it's money. Yeah, they have it's a lot of money involved. Yep. So you look at it like, man, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot, but it's a lot of money to walk away from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, am I gonna walk away from three million dollars? I'm not gonna walk away from three hundred dollars. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, money is money. You know I me. Mean. Money, money. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's it's you know I would just ha I hate to see a phenomenal action fighter to get beat like that, man. You know, so we're gonna switch some gears from well, the one thing. I, you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. We're gonna switch some gears from the uh, Carl Frampton fight, and um, we're gonna go back to the drama. Now, um, it, it's it is very <laughs> drama. It, it's it's pretty um, humbling that me and you first met, and we talked about the best fighter in the world. Right. And I give you credit on this because I was I was really leaning towards Earl Spence. And we're kind of retrieving back to the other episode, right? But um, when I saw Stephen A. Smith and uh, Max Kellerman talk about this particular pound-for-pound pound fighter, and we both said that if that happens, we will be very ghastly disappointed. And like Jim Lampley said when George Foreman knocked out Michael Moore, <laughs> it happened. Right. We might be seeing yeah. Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford. And being a boxing fan, I don't want to pay for it. I'm not very interested in that because that's not the best fight in the welterweight division. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching that fight. I'm going to watch it, but because, this is what I'm going to say. Right. And for all the boxing uh, the boxing heads all around, you know what I'm saying? Time to weigh in. We coming for the crown. We want to be the best. And I'm gonna say it like this: This is the podcast. Yeah, this is the podcast, in. man. We we are organic. We love sports. We love basketball. We love boxing. Just to add to <clears> what <throat> you're saying, they updated. It said the um, Terrence Crawford's trainer, Bomac. He confirmed that Terrence Bud Crawford will be definitely be fighting on June 5th. Likely in the Middle East. And Manny Pacquiao is still a possibility, but it has not been confirmed. Manny Pacquiao will take that fight. And is in Dubai? Oh, he's taking that. It's money, bro. It's going to be good money. Yeah. And, it's, and it's and like Dubai is not... When fighters fight in Dubai, they're not putting you on events that will not stream and make money. Right. That, that, that's a big fight. In Dubai? For that? Think about it. Anthony Joshua rematch with Ruiz, Ruiz yeah. was in Dubai. Ruiz. We're talking about <laughs> Manny like, Pacquiao, like, legend. I like Ruiz. I ain't say Ruiz like that. But Ruiz. Okay. And, and Ruiz. He knocked him out, though. Ruiz knocked him out. He did. And he got, beat the, he got pretty outboxed the second time. He had too many hobos and oh, Twinkies. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's true. But you can say that about the first one. He, he was heavy. No, he was heavier in the second fight. I know that, but I'm saying the first one, he's a little sloppy too, though. Yeah, but he got he got. That blade. was a knockout. He got blazing hands. Old. He got blazing hands, though. That was a knockout. But her round but, but I'm just trying to stay on subject. Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao. Um, I'm going to ask your assessment of it, and I'm going to go with mine first. Um, I'm going to be organic, like you told me to be. You know, what I'm saying I know the vulgarity, the profanity. I don't give a damn. This is ours. And you know what? People are going to love this. This is the thing. Preach. This is the thing. Right? Yeah. Earl Spence is ducking. And when we first met, you said this out your own mouth. And I quote, <laughs> I don't care what nobody says. 
I rock with Bud, man. He the best in the world. He the best pound for pound. I definitely that's that's what you said. I know. And uh, I was, you know, me being a boxing expert, I was like, uh, he is the best. I, I love Bud, too. But, yo, that Errol Spence, man, I don't know. Yeah, you like, you was high on Errol Spence. I was, I, yeah. And you know what, bro? I'm going to be honest, man. Yo, Errol Spence is super ducking. There should not be, the fight in, I mean, let's keep it real. Imagine a fight in Dubai, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. That would be crazy. That's going to be bananas. Yeah, that, that would And be guess crazy. what? If they fight in Dubai, mm -hmm. I'm going. I'm going. You got to get that vaccine. <laughs> Look, they, man. You, they said you got to get that. Yo, man, you know. You got to show that COVID shot. And guess what, record. yo? I'm, um, <laughs> you got to get that record. Yo, it's black market for everything. Oh, this guy. It's black market for everything, man. Anyway. Nah, hey, yo, yo. Uh, United States government, I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean that. But just imagine that that, that would be a in heavy. Dubai? Yeah, I would prefer to see that in the States, though, man, I prefer, honestly. I would love it to be in Texas. Right in Texas, man. I would love it the to be in Texas. The home of Errol Spence. And, you know, he'll have the home fans. You'll have the home advantage. You'll have the crowd. And we be there. I will be there for that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's like this, man. I think Errol Spence is super ducking. Um, I ain't feeling it. He shouldn't be fighting on Manny Pacquiao because they're going to always try to beat Amir Khan. Knocked him out. Got him out of there. Me and you watched the Kell Brook fight. We couldn't, did. Couldn't believe he got him out of there. But tell us why you think that... You if know, he beats Manny Pacquiao... Pacquiao, yeah. You know why? Because he's... I don't like saying the word desperate. But... Mm. But... He's desperate to fight. He wants to fight. And he's like... If I get this Manny Pacquiao fight and I knock him out or yeah. I beat him decisively beat right. him yep. you can't duck me you got there's to no give way me for him to go. There's no you can, he can negotiate there. more money Right. he doesn't have to take he's 70 have more leverage. Yeah, he, he have more have. leverage not to get he's not going to get 50-50 nah. he's not he doesn't deserve 50-50 he doesn't he doesn't got the revenue he doesn't have the numbers on pay-per-view buys right. but he can take a 60-40 yeah, we talked about. He that will have to. Earl gotta meet him sixty forty. He gotta. He's Especially gonna be leverage. If he, beat, if he mean, knocks Manny Pacquiao out, bro, yeah, hey, that, that would be the fight for him to get him on the map. Like he would be the undisputed pound for pound champion for me, and fans will now not only appreciate him but know him. Like he's not really quite a household name yet. Yeah. He's almost there, but if he beats Pacquiao, he will be there. He will be a household yeah, name. Yeah, that will put him, yo, definitely. Everybody know who he is. Definitely. So, then, then. What are you talking about? Because, because, then Errol will have to fight him because the markup. Yeah. He's going to be there. Yep. Okay. It's going to put Terrence on another level. People going to say, who is this guy? People that don't really know boxing. Right. Oh, my God. He, just beat, he knocked out Manny Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Now, Earl can say all he want. Oh, you knocked out a 42-year-old Pacquiao. Oh, you were supposed to. As I would have did it. But if you would have did it, why he didn't fight you? Right. He fought Terrence. That's true. Why, why didn't it happen with you? See, I'm going to cut this shit. 
with Earl Spence, man. Yeah. Cause you was the dog. You you was the alpha dog, and you was the fight nobody wanted to face. That's true. Sean Porter didn't want that smoke. When you was calling all the top guys nobody out, nobody really wanted to. Smoke nobody him. wanted to I fight him. So I gotta give him. Yo, I have to give him this. You got every. You earned everything, bro. Get the money, man. Stop walking away. Like I understand. Everybody's like, oh. You, you're not a professional fighter or you're not a professional athlete. You don't understand all this money you walk away from. Uh, you, you're not in the position. This guy, he want, it's, a, it's about, you know, stamping your legacy. Not I'm about stamping the legacy. They're about stamping the lifestyle. The lifestyle, yeah. Financially set. I get it. I get it. But guess what, man? When it comes to being a legend, nobody cares about how much money you made. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, ironically, they're going to make their money. Tommy though. Hearns... Tommy Hearns walking Detroit tonight. Niggas looking out for him. Mike Tyson yeah. going Brooklyn tonight. People looking because you was he, the he'll never, bro. They you don't have the to ever pay for anything at all. They, Free meals for because you a legend. Yeah, you a legend. Like bro, if me and you owned a bar, mm-hmm. do you know how great it is that we have a sports bar and we love boxing? And we hold events for boxing for people to watch the fight at our bar. Right. Right? And Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard. Hell, we could get a, a broke, I mean, they, they, maybe some broke fighter. Adrian Broner walk in the joint. We gonna look out. <laughs> we gonna look out. Right, right, right. You know why? Because they bring an aura, they legends. You a legend. Yeah. I mean, Errol Spence is well, he's going to be a legend regardless, especially in Texas. He can go anywhere in Texas and eat for free, drink for free, anywhere he want. But imagine globally, universally, in the world, decades from now, he his name, him and Buzz's name will be cemented forever. Forever. If they do this you know, generation, two fights or even a trilogy. This generation. Because you're, what, eight years older than him? I'm seven years older than him. Mm-hmm. This generation... I'm not going to say Floyd Mayweather ruined it, but he made these guys wanting to be more prize fighters Mm -hmm. than champions. Boxing was built... Boxing built the revenue off of champions. I agree. Not prize fighters. Floyd is just immaculate with his... how he promoted himself. He's the best ever to do that. Yeah. But along the way, there was some things that ruined the competitiveness of boxing mm-hmm. and the will to be the Marvin Hagler's, the Tommy Hearns, right. the Rebel Durans, the Sugar Ray Leonard's. These guys put it all in the ring. You know what I'm saying? And they're legends. I want to be legendary. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right. I, I want to be. If I, if I want the money, of course, of, of course, the I want the money. Gonna come. The money gonna come. Make the fight happen, bro. Right. You can get a trilogy. Imagine they get a trilogy, man. Let me ask you this: If let's say Bud loses to Manny Pacquiao, nah, doomed. Yeah, I, I knew he was gonna say that. Doomed. Done. You think so? That would be He's it. Done. Unless he got a rematch with Pacquiao, but I'm not sure if that would happen. He's done. Mm. That was that that will really submit Pacquiao. Like he beat 
the best, one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world at 42 years so, old. So, so, Bud, is that Terrence Crawford is actually taking a risk? Then I told everybody that you did say absolutely that, yeah. right. This is a risk for him, but he gonna beat that ass, bro. He gonna beat that ass. That charging in shit. That Pacquiao does. Yeah. All right. All right. And, but you know what I was going to ask you, though, too? And stylistically. Brent makes good adjustments. Right. Stylistically. Has Pacquiao ever fought anybody like Terrence Crawford? Really? Far somebody that can switch it. Somebody like that, that can fight softball and right-handed. Morales. Okay. Morales. Yeah. He was kind of a switch hitter. And him and Morales had, I think, three fights. Three. Yeah, I think we, Eric yeah. Morales was good, bro. He was the first to beat that. Manny Pacquiao. Yep. Other than Manny. You know, Manny Pacquiao lost... A fight early in his career in the Philippines, he got hit with I a body shot. Count. I know some, I don't it know counts that. on his record, but in America, when he was the Pac Man, right. Morales beat him in his prime. Yeah, and Morales, Morales was a great fighter. He was a great fighter, man. He was a great fighter. So it's like, do you don't think Pacquiao Crawford, really had much of a chance? He has a, Oh no, he has a chance. Puncher's chance. No, he has a chance because. Well, what what would Pacquiao has, need to do? Um, stylistically, stylistically, him being a softball. This is he's 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 this been yeah. Pacquiao's the master of angles. He can hit you at so many weird angles, and he throws like these. That mm -hmm, is just so mm -hmm. effective, right? Because he comes charging it in like a video game. Yeah, game. he's like he's charging in with shit, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's like I've never seen a fighter like Manny Pacquiao that can clearly miss. And shuffle his feet and turn his body, miss you, and turn. Yeah, and, still, yeah. and he still can be able to connect with you right. after he missed. Right. But it's going to have to be defensive. Pacquiao is not Almost somebody like that you engage with in punching with. He has, still has power at 42. Right. He showed that with Thurman. I knew he was going to say that with Thurman. He still got power. Right. Don't fuck around. So you have to respect his power too. He will have to respect that. I mean, because he got hurt by Gamboa though. Mm. At lightweight. You got hurt by Gamboa. Pacquiao ain't no goddamn lightweight. And you saw what he did right. to Ricky Hatton. Man, Pacquiao can hit you with punches you don't see. That you don't see coming. That's yeah. the skin. That's how he knocked down Keith Thurman. Right. Punches you don't, you don't see, see right. is the ones that hurt you the most. Right. Bud needs to just stay in the outside, pick him apart, mm -hmm. get him out of there. I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they, you they think ready. he's going to? I mean, I know Pacquiao is obviously a natural South Pole, and they list Terrence Crawford. I mean, some list him as a South Pole. He got long pole. arms. He, that's what I think he's going to be his advantage, right? Keeping him from the outside with them long arms, jabbing him. Would he need to switch at all? Or he might just throw him off a little bit? Um, I definitely see Terrence Crawford. This is a dialogue. I was looking for with Max Kellerman and Stephen A when he was talking about this, this potential fight last week. I'm gonna be honest. They didn't really man. go into detail. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and be confident in. I'm gonna be confident in the craft, man. Look, um, we ain't there yet, but we are gonna get there. Max Kellerman, Stephen A, man, I, I would have loved to have a dialogue with them. I, I definitely would told Stephen A to, to to sit this one out. Me and Max will have this discussion. You're you're not qualified. You're not. Don't do Stephen A like that. I'm doing him like that. 
<laughs> I'm like, you my man's, but you're just not qualified. Because he's going to start yelling and screaming at you, bro. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. You know. Yo, yeah, that's what he's going to do. I've been a sports journalist for over 25 years. Yeah, I'm going to be like, and you don't know nothing about boxing. For 25 years, if you've watched, you don't know what you've witnessed. Stick with basketball. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm going to do the Stephen A. Smith. This guy here, bro. Hey. <laughs> the audacity. I'm going to say this. You must be on crack. Stephen A., this is why you're wrong. Here's why. That's what I'm going to do. I got you. I yeah. mean, he's been wrong before, so that... They... He's been wrong a lot. I, this is where... This is where... Yo, Stephen A. Smith, dog. This is when I was like, yo... He was so confident, bro, that <laughs> Detroit was going to lose in the finals to the Lakers. Nah, that's not right, man. A lot of people had and, and the Lakers. He's like this. Here, here goes the Lakers in four. Sweep. Dog. It's almost I'm trying sweep. to figure out why you going. First of all, you switching to basketball. That's my thing. You're going back to 2003, 2004. I got I, I to gotta crack on him. But we're going back to he's been, He's been wrong about a lot of things. You're going we're, back we're going all in 2004. We're going, we're going back to boxing. <laughs> He just needs to sit this one out. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to say, yo, Max, I got a bone to pick with you. We're going to go. We're going in. And um, But he, he did say, I'm not sure. I think he said that uh, Pacquiao had a you know, puncher's chance. But he had he had a uh, bug. Pacquiao has more than a puncher's chance. Like, they disrespected him, though. They disrespected him. Like, Pacquiao... The reason why he's been so effective his whole career, man, he just throws punches in these weird damn angles. He's able to get in and out and hit you. Right. Dog, that, like, when you say prodigy, Pacquiao was really a prodigy. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. We ain't never seen a guy, he was like the Tasmanian devil. He was ferocious. Yeah, yeah. Like, he coming in, Head first. Yeah. I mean, he just, That's it's just crazy. crazy. Like, bro. So let me ask you this. I know as we wrap up the boxing segment, because I know you, you, you're generally right when it comes to predictions, pretty much, except for basketball. Yeah, you're right. You were almost there with UCLA. Now, oh, you, now, 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 <laughs> now, now, I'm copying some Jordan 1s that I, that I really wanted, and I don't want them now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all good. You know, it was the bet. The, the bet is final. So, it's so all what good. is your prediction for this? fight for I mean essentially they still haven't finalized it but it's still negotiation what's their prediction if it's going to be a knockout it's going to be in later rounds oh really think so I don't I don't see him knocking Pacquiao out because you know a fighter is pretty fresh from round one to five five yeah still pretty fresh right six and seven you start to see a little difference in the fight they both a little got a little wear in the fight you know they're more but, but Terrence gets stronger as a as a I fight like progresses. Can, yeah, I think he gets strong as a... Yeah. yeah. So, if it's if there's a knockout, I would say 9, 10. Okay. 9 or 10. 9 or 10. I think he can if get Pacquiao Pacquiao would knock out Terrence Crawford, do you think that would happen late in the I don't think I want to watch boxing no more. Oh, wow. I don't think I want to ever watch it. I don't, I don't think I want to watch boxing again. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I'm, I'm scared because you just said that shit. Because it, it can happen. Boxing. Yeah, you, it, it, it can right. happen. It will shock the boxing world, yeah. and it, it will be the worst thing that can happen to boxing. Because this fight, then it's like this. Because I like Terrence, I will stand up for him and say, 
Earl is really Earl Spence's fault because he not had no business ever fighting Pacquiao. Yeah. And it was no reason why y'all wasn't in the ring fighting. Yeah, I agree with that. But you yeah. know what everybody going to say? Oh, the fight got to build up, and he lost to a 42-year-old. Boom, 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 boom. And guess what's going to happen? The fans going to lose. The fans are going to miss out. Because they're not going to see the best fight. This is not like the heavyweight division. Now, you could be Anthony Joshua and get knocked out, the whole and world see, back, yeah. and come back. You, you was the heavyweight champion of the world. All right, so your final prediction for the potential fight between Terrence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao is what? Um, I think it's going to be an even... I think, actually, it's going to be a very much even fight all through the fight. I don't see Terrence... Com- I don't see him dominating him. Right. I do see him getting the best of Pacquiao in exchanges. Okay. I think Terrence will hit him with good, solid punches in Pacquiao. It would throw him off. Like, oh, wow, this this, this guy hits hard. Yeah. And I think once Terrence started connecting with some Big good shots. punches, yeah. it's going to definitely change the dynamic of the fight. And with Pacquiao, I, I don't think Pacquiao's going to be able to adapt okay. to getting hit hard the way Terrence can hit him. Yeah, he hasn't been hit like... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that. Um, I, 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 I just see, Clarence, I, I see Terrence definitely pushing the fight. Definitely having something to prove to the fans, yeah. and he wants a dominant performance against Manny Pacquiao. I think he's, I think he's, stylistically, very manageable to win, twelve round decision. Okay. At worst. Okay, I, can I think it's that. more of a twelve round decision. Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody will be knocked out. I don't think so. Um, but I look forward to that fight, that potential fight if it does happen. One more, one more thing before we wrap this thing up. <laughs> It's a little comical, but De La Hoya is making a comeback. Don't do this. Don't do this. July 3rd, ladies and gentlemen, at age 48, he's making a comeback. He made the official announcement at news conference with Snoop. He said he's coming back. Hey, look, man. Let me me tell you something right now. All right. Golden boy. For all the boxers... In the world, you sit your old ass down. Oh, shit. Okay, Oscar, you need to get yourself a damn. Yeah, like Oscar sitting right here. Look, I don't give a damn. Let me talk to Oscar De La Hoya. I'm gonna talk to you real quick. All right. You have plenty of money. That's true. You need to focus on Ryan Garcia and develop him for that devastating ass whooping that's oh, coming to his life. Shit. You need to focus on that. You need to focus you on your fighters. Be, Garcia going to have okay. an ass whooping? He got an ass whooping coming, calling Javante Davis out. All right? Javante Davis needs to stop hitting people with goddamn Lambos and shit. Yeah. You know, yeah his gonna, court, his, actually, his court day is coming up this month. And we're not going there. We're going to go back to you, Oscar. But I don't think that fight's going to happen either way, though. Probably not. Javante Oscar, did. we're going to go back to you. <laughs> hey, man. You was a phenomenal, <laughs> great <laughs> fighter. In your day. Right. Sit your ass down. Okay? For your ass become a Mexican pinata in that goddamn ring. They have not they they have not announced who's opponent. I'm gonna say it again. They have not announced who's opponent. Sit your ass down (laughs) before a motherfucker turn your ass to a pinata. In that goddamn ring. So you wouldn't want him to see. You wouldn't want him. Hell no! See, I don't want to see nothing he plans on doing. What he wants to do, 
Keep that damn suit on and worry about them damn fighters. Sit your ass well, down. Wait, wait, what was his last fight? Your last fight was against a undersized Manny Pacquiao, and he devastated what your damn What happened to him? He devastated your <laughs> damn life. He made your ass retire. He made it retire. He convinced you, I'm going to sit my ass down. I'm getting the fuck up out of here. And you know what? Right. You wait. <laughs> How long ago that fight was? 10 years? What are we into? 2021? It wasn't 10 years ago. Against Pacquiao? Yeah. 2000? Was 2011, it? bro. Mm, man. I think it was about 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, Google that. Google that. Oscar the... How long ago was that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you playing games, man. Because I can't stop laughing. You playing games, man. That's the, that, see, you playing games, B. You know what I'm saying? You look this shit up, man. Look this shit up, man. That's not right. 2008? They fought in 2008? Oh, 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 hell no. Oh, hell no. Yo, Oscar. De La Hoya announced his retirement officially April 14th in 2009. Oscar. 2009. That was a minute ago. 2021. Right. Oscar. So so who would he be fighting? They say he wants, I he wants Mayweather. I don't want to watch that shit. <laughs> you know what it is? It's your boy, Mike. I am Mike. He's giving all these old men hope. Hey, man. Come back and fight. Obviously. fight. Obviously, obviously he is because this is the thing, yo. You know, I'm gonna go in on your boy. Who? Roy Jones. Roy he Jones? had no damn business up in that damn ring either. Mike took. Well, I agree with that. And he looked horrible. He looked terrible. He looked terrible, bro. Fat, slow, and tired. He looked, and I'm gonna say it like this: My man was looking like Larry Holmes, fat, sloppy, and sick. Wow. Mike looked. Mike looked phenomenal. He looked good. I and mean, when, he was he was a little fatigued. And when Mike towards the end of the, not, he was actually not I don't fatigued. Know, man. I, I, Mike could have went. He 12. said he was a little gassed. Yo, when Mike maybe started he was just hitting, being nice. When Mike started hitting that head. Yeah, I I, I know one thing. He better be ready for Van Holyfield. He better uh, okay, everybody, we're gonna close out now. <laughs> you better be ready we're, for we're, Holyfield. We're, we're not doing I, this. I, I swear, if we're he not bite, doing this. if he 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 too old. To be biting somebody's ear. Almost. Yo, yo, man, yo, man. We're not doing this. So, everybody, it's been great. Hope y'all tuned in. Time to weigh in with, you know, D&J. And uh, we out of here, man. You tripping, B. I am not tripping. You tripping, man. Stay tuned for our next episode where we are going to go in and talk about Deshaun Watson uh, and that whole situation. And we're going to talk about Stephen A. Smith talking about uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, that went viral. So we're definitely going to talk about that in our next segment. And I actually love Russell Westbrook's response. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really one of the best responses I've heard in a very long time, especially when you're talking about you know, black young men. I think it was great. But we're definitely we, we, I think we we, we're going to talk about that in our next segment. But time to win. Don't forget to follow us on all of our platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We out. We out.